Welcome to After the Checker. Josh, after watching that Grand Prix this weekend, I got a, uh, I got a question for you. Did you know that rain does not fall? I, rain drops. Oh, man. Oh, man. I thought you were going to have something more witty there or, or something else, but I should have known. I should have known better. All right. That was pretty I have good. To, I have to go dead joke. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah. After the check your weekly F1 podcast, we are back again. We're recording a little early this week due to some uh, travel conflicts, but uh, right. see you, yep. you too, man. Yeah. Hope you're feeling better. I know you've been a little under the weather, man. This, this is probably the longest that I have been sick um, in a long time. I'm still under the weather. Um, I'm feeling better though, but uh, because of that, no beers on the podcast for me tonight. Still, still stuck in the water, but I, I see you have a beer. I have a beer. I am not. Uh, I'm not drinking coffee tonight. I am celebrating a nice little t- victory in my tennis match. Uh, and a Shinerbach, one of my favorite beers. Okay, I do like a Shinerbach, and uh, yeah, I was going to ask you how tennis went. So it sounds like you got a nice little dub tonight. Yep. Uh, yeah. Bagels. Hey, Put you had bagels. a great night for it. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was yeah. not too bad, considering I played last week and almost got heat stroke. Yeah, we went from it feeling like 120 degrees last week to nice and cool this week. So, gotta love Missouri. Right. Yeah, I was. It was honestly amazing. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, I think last week going the fact that I went to the IndyCar race and the weather. It could not have been better on Sunday at the oh, race. Oh, you had perfect Unbelievable. weather for it. Yeah, just an amazing that it went from 117 or whatever it got up to. You know, the the sort of um, feels like ambient temperature there. On I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week to that. Yeah, but you know who did not have great weather was uh, the F one race. No, no, there was not great weather. The rain in in ne- the Netherlands fell mainly on the track. That's a that's a pun. That, well, I don't. It's a musical. I don't remember which one it is. You and your musicals. We got to stop bringing those up. Yeah. Um, it it did make for an entertaining race though. Sure did. Because the the middle chunk of that race got a little boring, and then the the red flag and the rain came out, and things got a little little saucy. That that race was an anti bell curve. You know what I mean? It yes. was like super yeah. fun on either end, middle awful. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say awful. Middle, awful. yeah, middle. There's been, there's been worse races. It was on the more entertaining side of races than than we've been seeing. Right. It was like end of Abu Dhabi 21 on either side. And then the middle was like NASCAR at Michigan. Hey, Hey, what do you got against Michigan and NASCAR? Uh, NASCAR Michigan produces some boring races. You know, that's, that's probably the track that I've been to the most NASCAR races at. No kidding. Yeah. When I was younger, we used to take family vacations and we'd go up to Michigan and like do a week in Michigan, but it would always be around a NASCAR race. So we either started or end it with uh, a NASCAR race. That's awesome. Yeah. So no, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but hey, before we get into the Formula One race, um, we can talk about qualifying and a little bit of news about qualifying. Yeah. Uh, I guess it happened. Did it happen before qualifying? It happened before qualifying. Danny Rick breaks his wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Almost right after we recorded, a day after we recorded, we kind of thought about doing some sort of emergency thing. It was hate to see that. That is just unfortunate it was a weird situation i saw the the wreck a couple times um watching it sort of uh watching the in-car 
it almost looks like he forgot to, you know, in, in open wheel racing, when you crash, you typically let go of the wheel because it can do exactly what it did. And it almost looked like he didn't let go of the wheel. And I don't know if he thought he could save it or it, maybe it wasn't, the impact wasn't nearly as hard as he thought it would be. I don't know. Yeah. And what's weird is this is the second driver, second F1 driver this season that's had a broken wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Although Lance, Lance Stroll had, was the other, but he, he did it falling off his bicycle. Yeah, daddy helped. Da- daddy Danny Barton. Ricks was a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say masculine, but at least it was involved I mean, with the you sport. You could say masculine. You could say yeah. masculine. It, it was involved I mean, with the sport. It wasn't a bike ride on a track. Right. Here's the thing. Danny Ricks' dad wasn't there to give him a popsicle and tell him that he was a good boy. Okay. Like Lawrence well, Stroll was. We're really continuing on with this. I'm not um, going to let it go. Never going to let it go. Well, never. You can't. All right, so that that pretty much was the big story out of practice. Um, the other big story we talked about was, and I don't even know if it's big, but Carlos Sainz had to give up his seat for FP1. Nah. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. I mean, you know, it, that was one of those things where you're going to see some younger drivers come in every now and again. Happens every season. The yep. number two driver at, at teams like that will, you know, will do that. So, well, yeah. I think it's a rule to get younger drivers more experience because mm-hmm. Leclerc has to give up his seat. I think they said he's slated for October. He's going to give up his seat in one of the practice sessions. Right. But at this point, yeah. with the way that Leclerc's car is going, maybe just let somebody else drive it for a minute. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it just not... keeps failing on him. But I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, let's jump into qualifying. Uh, we saw some yeah. conditions to start qualifying, which made you for know, an interesting qualifying. You're right. Lately, it's been a lot of wet conditions at races and a lot of rain influencing strategy and tires and races. And, you know, we, we did see some fun things uh, at qualifying here. You had both um, both Williams in Q3. Both Williams in Q3. You like had it was, yeah, Logan I'm, Sargent, who... Um, yeah, the American. First, first American in, what, over 10 years to start in the top 10 in a Formula yeah. 1 race. So that's pretty wild. Um, I think the big news, too, is... Uh, Lewis Hamilton out in Q2. He started 13th. Yeah. It was a weird weekend for Mercedes. At times they looked great and at times they looked like the goats. I, I who was the last driver, last American driver? It's got to be more than 10 years for an American oh, um, driver. I think, to start. I think it's, it's got to be more than 10 years, but I, I just think I remember I saw the stat that they said it's been over a decade since an American driver started in the top 10. Oh, yeah. Well, the last American driver that I can think of was Scott Speed, and he was bad. But he was in it, like, a, I think he was in the Toro Rosso. I mean, he wasn't in, that was like the very beginning of the Red Bull. But yeah, he wasn't very good. Well, anyway, big congrats yeah, to Logan Sargent. Um, yes. But then uh, he had a nasty wreck that started the uh, Q3 session, and it red flagged the Q3 session. Sure did. Yeah, it was another one. Like like we've been ta- like I just mentioned, you know, rain sort of uh, started and really had an influence on the race. Um, the rain, really in 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 the rain, and I think this could I think this was due to Sergeant's experience. Didn't you cannot touch the curbs in turn in corners where you really are putting a high load on the outside on the outside tires, whether that be the left side or whatever the outside of the turn. If you touch the curbs, you will go off. Because that paint, even though the track was dry and they were on slicks, they had they had managed to wear a decent groove. You saw people going out there in all of Q3. They're driving on slicks. 
but the the paint on the curbs is still so slick that if you touch that you're off yeah it's and that's a, what and that's what happened to sorry happened to leclerc too well no leclerc's i think i think they said it was a massive understeer issue that yeah. the car basically didn't turn and you kind of which yeah. which was a minute after q3 resumed leclerc goes into a turn and literally when you watch the replay in slow-mo the car just did not turn and he goes into the grass nothing he can do wrecks it um breaks a ton of suspension parts i think he just broke the brand new gearbox that he had which was his fourth gearbox for the year so if he wants to put a new one in he's gonna have to serve a penalty at some point or they're gonna have to use um, old ones yeah it was like i was trying to you know make it sound like they didn't he didn't just that car was was garbage all weekend. i don't think I mean, it was it wasn't leclerc's fault i think they said it was a car issue that it just like yeah. instantly developed understeer and you you saw him try to turn in and the car didn't turn it happened all through practice he was running off in turn one it happened in qualifying he ran off in turn one i mean he just could not keep there was so much understeer in that car it was awful yeah his his race that was a, a predecessor though probably that q3 for how logan Sargent and uh leclerc's race went which wasn't great no. Um, but uh, Max grabs the pole, Lando Norris in second, George Russell in third, Alex Albon grabbed fourth. Um, you and I kind of talked about at the end of the podcast last week that George Russell needed to have a big bounce back weekend, and it looked like he was going to, and then the race day happened and things did mm-hmm. not go well for George Russell, right? And it looked like you know, it kind of looked like McLaren were going to have a another good weekend, they were set up to be really good. You know, you see Norris in second there, you think. And and also the team we talked about last week. I mean, we we talked about Aston Martin. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but you know, Alonso qualifies fifth. Um, you know, they had a they had a good weekend. McLaren yeah. had a good weekend, really, up until the race. We'll get into all that. I I but, had a note about um about the race and kind of what we discussed and how basically the opposites happened. So um, we can get into that later. Anything else you want to talk about with qualifying? Uh, no, like I said, it, you know, just impressive that uh, Sergeant was able to put it in. I mean, for a guy, you know, first real, well, I guess, you know, a young driver like that and a team like that, very impressive to put that in the, into Q3 over the teams that they're that they're competing against yeah, with the resources and, that Williams has. Absolutely. And yeah, Alex Albon looked great, too, in qualifying. And um, it looked like it was, a, well, I mean, it was a really good qualifying for the Williams team. And it looked like that they were going to have a, a pretty strong or a pretty good weekend for their standards, but a couple things change there. Yeah. Um, getting into the race. Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of point out before we even talk about anything, um, Liam Lawson, the, uh, the fill in for Danny Rick, he really impressed me all weekend. I mean, he kind of got the call up very last minute, um, held his own, you know, for really jumping into it. I, I was just really impressed with him all weekend. Yeah. I mean, for, to be thrown into that car. Oh, Absolutely. Thrown that into the car, and I'm and I'm really jumping to the end here. But he finished 13th, which um, I think 17 cars finished the race with the others being retired. But that's pretty good for just like literally getting the call up on a Thursday night, Friday morning, and and jumping into that car. Absolutely, yeah. I mean to have just exactly. I mean to have him come up that out of you know out of just qual. You know he's just there practice. Danny Rick breaks his arm. Unbelievable. I mean it was absolutely phenomenal that he was able to put that car and do what he was able to do there. It's really impressive. I think. Agreed. Another Kiwi, by the way, and yeah. I, we, we're starting to see the emergence of Kiwi drivers in, and not 
I mean, Formula One's not an American sport. We're seeing a lot of New Zealanders in, you know, you got Scott McLaughlin, you got Scott Dixon, they're in, they're in IndyCar, you've got... Uh, they don't race got, in Formula uh, One. No, 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 but I'm talking about... <laughs> I said in racing, and let's take another shot at the Kiwi that went and ran the... Uh, that won the Chicago NASCAR race. Oh, I, I'm not even going to try no. Van Giesenbergen. SVGR. I don't know. SVG Van Giesenbergen. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. I'm just saying there's a lot of Kiwis that are starting to really, you know, come up. They're getting their come up and they're, they're showing their stuff. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. It's, the stats don't lie. No, they don't. So, yeah, good for Liam Lawson. It, you know, I'm hoping he was he was a guy that had been talked about as, you know, maybe having a seat in F1 next year. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. This is a chance to really show something. All right, let's get back to the race. Um, like you kind of talked about, the the beginning of the race was pretty exciting. Middle was meh. End of the race was exciting again. Um, what do you want to talk about at the beginning? The beginning, I, the the biggest one that impressed me is Alonzo. I mean, Alonzo goes from fifth to what almost second. I think it was a little, it was a little goofy. I mean, come out. Good start from most, you know, Norris didn't have a great start, I don't think, but rain by the end of lap one, it's pouring and they're all, the field is on slicks and they have to, they have to, you, you, it's time. Everybody's going to have to come in and pit. You know, I think some of the guys stayed out maybe two laps, but that was max maximum that they stayed out was two laps. Alonzo makes his way all the way up to second Checo pits early, uh, Matt Max Pitts, you saw a lot of double stacking. You saw a lot of teams bring it. It was, you know, one of those things where it just shook up the entire field, the entire grid. Big loser, I think, in that was McLaren. Uh, Norris really didn't. You yeah, know, I agree. That was that was my sort of take. Was yeah, and and you start to see you know, Max comes in and yet again, like we've seen all throughout the year, starts carving his way back through the field after he after he comes out of the pits. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the race was the Max Verstappen show. He he kind of ran away with it. But we did get some exciting racing, like you said. I think the rain induced a lot of that. Um, we talked, we kind of alluded to this in our qualifying chat, but lap 17, Logan Sargent Rex, um, he seemed really hard on himself. He seemed very down on himself. After the race, the Williams team came out and said that his car lost all hydraulic pressure. was not his yep. fault. Yeah. Um, he apparently has taken that really hard and uh, you know, their team is coming out saying that they got to support him and, and rally around him because um, he, he's taken it very personal, apparently, even though, I mean, you lose all that. There's nothing you can do in that situation. Um, no, from, from, from what it sounds not. like. Absolutely not. I mean, you're right. There's nothing they can do. I mean, it was, yeah, it sucks. You know, that's, that's just one of them racing deals. It's one of them racing deals. Um, here's, I was talking about this note earlier, this, this race basically for me to sum it up was it was full of opposites from our preview because, um, you predicted a strong finish for Ferrari. Ferrari did not have the best race. I predicted a, uh, strong finish for Hamilton and the G Ross needed a strong weekend. Neither of those happened. We both completely glossed over Fernando Alonso and we even pointed out that like, yeah, at the beginning of the year, he was in our, our top three predictions the whole time. We ruled him out, and guy comes out and has a great finish. Um, yeah, this was this was a vintage Alonzo performance, and I'm not talking vintage from earlier in the year. I'm talking about vintage from like 
five or six, seven, eight years ago, because this is one of those times when if you saw up because of the, the craziness that ensued with the rain early and then you had the, you know, and then, and then the rain goes away. So just all of that is where you see great drivers shine through and you see them sort of, sort of make, uh, make headway through that. And Alonzo did that. And that was where he, he moves up through the field. He's able to hold off Checo a couple of times. He makes a couple of great moves. It was, it was, it was just vintage Alonso. Yeah, and speaking of Checo, Checo didn't help himself much at all this race. He uh, right after the rain comes down and he gets his um, rain tires on, he slides off the track and loses second place, but he hangs on to the third. And then after he slides off, they want to address something. He's going into pit lane. And he gets a speeding and pit lane penalty. And that ended up kind of biting him at the end because he finished third, but his five second penalty pushed him back, which gave Pierre Gasly a third place finish. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't, I feel like speeding in pit lane in Formula One is inexcusable. If I were a team principal, I would make drivers run laps if they got caught speeding in pit lane. You have a button that keeps that from happening. Now I understand and where are they all get caught speeding is they're coming in too fast and they try to slam on the brakes. That's where he got caught. It happened. With, it, anytime you see that speeding in pit lane, that's where it happens. It's right before there's a line. And at that line, you have to be at, you know, I don't know what it is, 55 miles an hour, let's say whatever it is. And I'm sure it's in kilometers, but you have to be at that speed limit at that line. Well, what happens is guys are driving as fast as they can in the line. They slam on the brakes. They're going too fast once for you know a, a car length over that line. Speeding penalty. It's inexcusable. It should not ever happen, ever. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, unfortunate. Unfortunate. I understand. Mis- guys make mistakes. I totally understand that. I just think I feel like it should never happen. Well, in his defense, and and I kind of got this wrong. I said he was on wets. He was on intermediates, and he was going in to put the full wets on. Um, mm-hmm. But Perez said, and when you watch the replay, um, and this is his direct quote, um, as I was coming into the pits, it was completely flooded at the time. And when I braked, I just went straight into the wall. He explained the rule is the rule, but the uh, I think the best way that it, I think that's the best way it can really protect everyone. But he's basically saying that it being completely flooded, and when you do look, it was underwater. Um, that may have attributed to him not being able to slow down. What does Tim say? What does Tim say? You know what Tim says. Do better. Oh, I was going to say, Tim's got a lot of weird things that he says. Yeah, but he says it, and he's right. In this case, I mean, I understand. Things happen. You're yeah, a race and, car driver. And Red Bull did call him in very late, so he had to make a very late decision on that. It, it Christian Horner even apologized to him for it. So Yeah, it was, I mean, in the late rain that came on about lap uh, 62. 62. I, yeah, came on about lap 62 was crazy rain. Um, they red flagged the race for it. I mean, that, that was, was that was a monsoon. That was it was. I was rain. surprised. I was surprised that we didn't see them. I'm surprised we saw them red flag the race. I, I gotta be honest. These guys have wet tires. I have seen the, the old Formula One. Now you know. Here's let me get out my cane and let me pull a chair up on the porch and we can pull a jug or something and tell you about the good old days. The old form, I watched him racing monsoons in Malaysia, man. I, I mean, it, like cars are sliding, but the thing is, the cars are so much heavier now, it's hard to slide them, slow them down. I understand that. But was it the right decision? Yeah, maybe it was because you end up getting 
good racing after that. You don't have to watch a whole bunch of guys. But Max has won nine races in a row now, which is a record. Well, he ties tied the record. record. He tied ties the record. the record. But here we are, red flagging because of rain. Does he win if he doesn't, you know, if he has to drive around for three or four laps and that? I don't know. But That's I'd like true. to find out. That is true. I mean, it, I don't know. I, th- I just think with like all the safety issues and the um, safety backlash that we've seen over the, the past couple of years and, and the actual injuries that have happened in the sport, even in some cases deaths, I think that they're going to continue to red flag it when it's that hard of rain. But I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree I, I mean, with you. You're not wrong. No, and you're not. And I think the situation where neither of us are wrong because I mean I agree that the deaths and the, and the injuries that we've seen happen those are in some I don't know I get it. However, I still want to see him race in crazy rain because I think that that's the kind of chaos that everybody loves. Well, especially when we've had such a, a blowout of a season like we've had this year, I think. Yeah, you're not wrong. But before I, I do have another comment about to piggyback on that, but um sticking with the Checo talk, um we didn't even bring up that he led the race for like twelve laps. Yeah, he did at the beginning until until the rain forced him to go in and switch and then it was uh, Max took back over. But um, you know, you're talking about red flagging the race, but once the uh, rain let up a little bit, Zhao goes into the barriers and they red flag the race again. So that yep. was due to wet conditions. So maybe, maybe they're not good enough to, to drive in the rain because it was just wet. It wasn't even raining. I know. I mean, they were sliding all over the place. It was super. And, you know, it's kind of surprising because the banking there at, at Zandvoort and the, you know, and the, just the nature of where Zandvoort is located, you expect it to drain a whole lot better, but I guess it just didn't. I mean, but also again, monsoon rain. Um, and then also, though, um, on that Perez penalty, I know I'm talking a lot about Checo shocking um, Red Bull kind of kind of put him in a in a tough situation, too, because when Zhao went into the barriers, um, he was in the pits, actually, and the race got red flagged. So instead of restarting third, if they would have let him out, he had to bump drop back to sixth for the restart. So that yeah. had a big, big uh, impact on his race, too. That was a very interesting situation. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. That there's a driver in the pits that's coming back out for the red flag, and they're like, "Now you gotta, you gotta drop back." Yeah, right. I mean, it was. It, they just kind of. I think. I think it was. I think they tried to play a little bit of strategy there. Maybe they thought it would be a safety car or something like that. I don't think that maybe they didn't think it would be red flag. That's my theory, but yeah, a little odd. Um, Lando Norris, man, what he had a. I and I actually I made a note of this because I, I kind of reminded me he had a very Ferrari type day. Like, you know, started started on the front row, finishes what, like seventh, eighth? Just yeah. uh, not a – I mean, McLaren themselves didn't have a great day. They looked in practice and in qualifying, Q1, Q2, and in practice early, McLaren looked like they were going to be – like this was going to be their their real show. Like McLaren's going to show you that they've got – that they've got it. They're on, you know? Yeah, he finished He finished seventh. Um one driver, well, we didn't really talk. We were talking about having a Ferrari day. Uh, Leclerc retiring early with his issues. Um, yeah, that, that car was garbage all weekend. That was just not good for him. Um, Science ended up salvaging a pretty good race. He finished fifth. Science um, had a good race. He made a couple of good good passes, and he, he kind of fended off Checo early. I mean, yeah, I think Science had a, a good race. Yeah, he had a good race. Um, and, you know, I was saying that I predicted a strong finish from Hamilton. He didn't have, based on where he started, he finished sixth. Like, that's not a bad start, not a bad finish from where he started in 13th. And right. he had a pretty good weekend now. His teammate, on the other hand, 
Oh boy, seventeenth. Yeah. Not good. George. Well, Russell. Russell put his. You know, he put it in there when he really shouldn't have late in the race, and it just cost him. That was yeah. what it was. I mean, it just just is what it is. You can't do that. And I don't know if that's you know that sort. He sort of reminds me of. And I don't know if we're going to see this from him, but he sort of reminds me of Max, like when Max was you know year two or year three of Max, where he would put his car into places and into positions where he shouldn't have, and and sort of take the risk when you didn't need to take the risk and gamble when you didn't need to. And that was, that was interesting. You know, that's, that's something that he's going to have to learn from. Yeah, he's, been it, in the, he's been in, he's been around longer than, than two or three years, you know, he's well, he's finally in a good car. I mean, right. although I don't know if those right. Williams cars look good this weekend, but um, so just to recap though, Max gets the win Alonzo in second Perez finished third, but the five second penalty bumps him back to fourth and Pierre Gasly finishes third. So, so good for Gasly. Um, yeah, like we were saying, Max ties the record for nine wins in a row, tying Sebastian Vettel from two, 2013. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the next race, I think we can all pretty much guarantee he's going to break the rate, break the record in a couple days. Now, nah, Ferrari's going one two at home, baby. Well, you know, um, we can get into that into the predictions, but is there anything else you wanted to? Well, I guess let's let's get into, um, you know, so what was your forgettable drive of the weekend? Who who had the forgettable drive? Land Lando, 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 Lando being where he was at, through the early part of the race or through the early part of the weekend, and then where he finished. I think he had a. I think if I'm Lando Norris, I'm extremely disappointed with the, with the, where I finished. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm obviously going to go with with George Russell. Yeah, qualifying qualifying third and then finishing seventeenth. You got to do. Yeah, that. I mean that's that's you know. It's for me. It's just Lando. Like I look at Lando, thinking Lando's got it when he started. When you're starting second, and I think a lot of it had to do with the rain, and it had to do with you know kind of the craziness that, it, that ensued. But you got to you got to do better than seventh if you're starting in the front row. I I don't disagree with you, but um, if you're starting on the second row, you got to do better than seventeen. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> uh, I do want to give a big shout out to to Alpine. They had a great great finish, third and tenth. Good for them. Um, yeah, we haven't really talked about them, but you're right. I mean, they had a they had a phenomenal weekend. Um, yeah, P- Pierre Gasly didn't really do anything flashy. He basically set himself up, put himself in the right place at the right time. He didn't make mistakes. He 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 put himself in a position to where if the cards fell right, he was going to be the biggest to win, and he did. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He didn't make the the mistake that you would expect out of you know. The, and I don't want to say you expect out of him, but you didn't make the mistake. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about with this race? No, sir. All right. Well, I think that's a good good uh, jumping point, and we'll hop on over to our preview for next weekend. Monza. That's right. We're headed back to Italy. Well, not, not back to Italy. First race in Italy got canceled this year, but we're heading to Monza um, for the... By the... Yeah, by the first race in Italy, do you mean the... Uh, race the race there at Emola, which would have been known as the... No, 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 no. Don't Formula do this Qatar to me. Airways Grand Primo del Made in Italy del Emilia Romagna 2023. Do you mean that Grand Prix? You know what? I don't even know what you just said, but sure. It's the one that got canceled due to the flooding. Yes. We'll go with that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so it is the Italian GP at Monza. Uh, it's a little home race for Ferrari, and they're running a special livery for it. Yeah, special livery, special fire suits. It's something. Um, the livery isn't so much like, isn't so much of a uh, a change. It's just you know a little yellow stripe kind of on the on the fin, 
yeah on the on the dorsal it looks, it looks um, good there but yeah i think the livery looks good their fire suits look like if you were to go to a flea market or get on <laughs> ebay and type in ferrari shirt and they they were all fake like they look like they're like knockoffs of for of of designer ferrari gear spelled with three r's f-e-r-r-r right it's it's ferraro (laughs) ferraro there you go that's Um, what they look like yeah you know you know what i still think one of my favorite recent ferrari liveries is those um those like dark red ones they did those maroon ones those were bad like the the one they did for like the uh yeah the celebration of like the thousandth race or something the the yellow ones last year for monza were pretty sweet i actually really liked those i did like those yeah um Um, but these you know like i said the car looks fine the 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 fire suit anybody listening go look it up tell me that it does not look like a knockoff of a designer like for i tell you what that new livery is going to look good being hauled into the pits when it's retired early on like the fifth yeah, lap. It's going to look good when they, when Leclerc can't. I was reading an interview uh, where Leclerc said he's not sure if the car is going to oversteer or understeer at this point. It's, and I just it. thought, that's wow. Not what you, that's not what you want no. from, from any of your drivers to stay, to say, but like especially like your, your quote-unquote number one driver. No. No, and you know, the one thing um, I do want to say, we didn't really touch on it, uh, I believe 13 different drivers on the podium this year. And oh, yeah. that continues, you know, that's yeah. Monza. Monza always produces some crazy driving. It's, it's really kind of, excuse well, me, nine, nine different drivers in 13 races. So that was what it was, but Monza produces Monza is one of my favorite tracks in Formula one. Well, it's so think, cool. I think Monza produces some good racing because when you look at just like the track layout, it's not anything special. Like it's pretty basic and it's just like yeah. let the drivers and the cars do the do the entertainment. We don't need this like fancy, ridiculous, intricate track. It's it's very simple from like a, a track layout standpoint, but it produces great racing. It really does. It really does. It's got, you know, it's got character, it's got history into it. It's got parabolica and lesmos, and it, it's it's got you know names to it's it's just it's a beautiful track. It well, really hey, is. speaking of speaking of names, we didn't even do the official name of the race, which is the Formula One Pirelli Grand Primo d'Italia 2023 at the Autodromo Nazionale Monza, or as 99 percent of the fans call it, the Italian GP at Monza. The Autodromo Italiano. I love it. it again, you know, like if for me, it's like it, it's Monza Spa. Silverstone, those are the track, like the classic tracks of Formula One that are, they produce some good racing. They've got history. They've got character. You can remember things at every corner. And yeah, absolutely love them. Well, looking back at 2022, shocking Max Verstappen won. Leclerc yeah. got second, G Russ in third, and Carlos Sainz in fourth. So the, the Ferrari home team did have a, a nice little weekend last year. And Looking to see if they can do something similar this year, although I'm not going to hold my breath on it. No, I mean, well, especially science, right science now, might. science might, especially right now. It just seems this is such a high speed track that that might benefit Ferrari, but really, I mean, it, it doesn't need 
that might be good for Ferrari. I just don't think that they're going to, I mean, it seems like they're really in a rut right now and they've really caught something. Listen, I'm never going to again say, I think Ferrari's going to take a step this week. <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. From now on, it's all negative all the time, but Ferrari, the team is not going to do well. I mean, they're going to struggle and it sucks. They're going to struggle in front of their home fans. And there's nothing cooler about Formula One than when a Ferrari wins at Monza. To see that, and I and I say that I do think Max winning last week in the uh, in the Netherlands was pretty awesome. Like you saw the flares go off, you saw the smoke at the end of the race, and the fans go crazy. But when a Ferrari wins at Monza, it's just chaos, and it's so cool because at the end of the race, all the fans flood out onto the track, and it's it's awesome. Listen. Those fans last week all rode their bikes and parked it in that ridiculous bike parking. Did you see that? We didn't even talk about that. The bike parking. I, last, you know what? Last week. You're right. They did. They brought their Stroop waffles and but they, anyway, their, they, their marijuana, and they <laughs> they they had a they had a time. Well, they brought those flares. They're going to light those things off regardless, even if Max didn't win. They're lighting those things. Right. I, anyway. You know. I mean. I. I yeah. I think. I mean, ultimately for Monza, I think Max breaks the record, wins his 10th in a row. Yeah, that, my prediction actually. So I actually had a Ferrari on the uh, podium for my predictions just because it is at Monza, but I changed it and I will I will tell you why after I do my bold prediction. So my prediction for the race is Max wins, sets the record. Uh, I'm going to go Alonzo in second, Checo in third, and I'm going to put Gasly in the top five. Usually we just do the top three. I'm putting Gasly in the top five. I'm saying the McLarens bounce back. Okay. The McLarens bounce back and Lando is on the podium. Okay. With the other two Red Bulls. I think Red Bull won two. I think Lando is third. This is another track where I don't, I think the high speed could help them. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's definitely going to help the Red Bulls. And yeah, I could see, I could see, um, McLaren having a big bounce back because usually when when we say that they're going to take a step forward and they have a bad weekend, usually the following race, they they do extremely well. But my bold prediction is that neither Ferrari finishes the race. So that's not a bold prediction, but I'm saying it is a bold prediction because every time that we talk them up that they're going to do well, they do terrible. So I'm doing like a little reverse psychology. here. So me saying that. Yeah. And and science science usually finishes when Leclerc doesn't. Honestly, science has probably had the, the more impressive like season. Um, yeah, I saw some breakdowns like of since uh, Leclerc joined Ferrari, like like how he's performed versus teammates. He's he's very much out, outperformed his teammates this year, not so much. Um, I, you know, but but he's very much outperformed his teammates at Ferrari. I but conversely to that, he's also had way more issues with the car than any other driver. He's had more DNFs too. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's at the point where he's, you can't really say, oh, he's a young driver anymore. You know, it's kind of like now it's he's he's still making some mistakes, but I think you know the the car seems to let him let him down more than it does other drivers. Is that because of the way he's driving the car? Is that just bad luck? Is it that Ferrari just total garbage? Little column A, column B, column C. Well, you know, last week we talked about McLaren. Wasn't it McLaren that uh who gets the good car this week? Was was that the team we were talking about? Oh, no, that was that was Haas. That was Haas. Okay, who gets the good car? I kind of feel like that's what happened. It's what's happening with Ferrari because like last week, Science got the good car, Leclerc didn't. Maybe this week, Leclerc will get the good car, and Science doesn't. 
Although science has had some time at, at times this year where, when that car has appeared to be decent, when he's made some pretty big oh, mistakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's made you know, some bad mistakes. I mean, this is just a year where you almost have to be perfect to compete anyways. Cause there's so much, I think it's so top heavy, but also whoever that second team that's going to compete, you know, whether it's Aston Martin, whether it's McLaren, whether it's Mercedes, whether it's you know, any one of them, there's there's such a fine margin for error because I, I think that if you were to remove Red Bull from this equation, this would be a se- an epic season. Oh, it'd be incredible. And, and we would be talking about how cool this season is and, and, and how much fun it's been. But because I really don't think the difference between like of the second tier teams, we've got like Aston Martin and the worst of them, which would probably be Ferrari or Mercedes. The difference is not that that large the gap between the two of them uh ferrari's had some issues it seems like they've made a a giant mistake with their car or at least made a mistake in the setup or or something went wrong at at, at um zanvort we'll see if that gets fixed at monza i don't know well yeah i mean it just we didn't go over the uh the standings after the race but you know red bull's already at 540 points on the season Mercedes in second at 255, Aston Martin's at 215, Ferrari at 201, and then McLaren at 111. So really, two, three, and four right there. We're going to have a good battle for second place for the end of the year. Um, so you're exactly right. If you remove Red Bull from the equation, um, you know, you've got you've got a pretty good battle. Like, I, you know, Mc, McLaren is about a 90 points back of Ferrari. But then, you know, right after McLaren, you've got Alpine at 71, and then it is a big drop off, uh, or 73, I'm sorry. And then after yeah, that, get, yeah. Then it goes Williams at fifteen, Haas at eleven, Alfa Romeo at nine, and Alfa Tori at three. So, really, the top five or two through five, pretty good battle. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, honestly, and you know, the thing that I always like to point out is that Max Verstappen is winning the constructors' can't championship on his own, <laughs> yeah, by, uh, by himself. I mean, and and honestly, Perez isn't that far behind Mercedes. No, no. And, and I think Mercedes, that's a, the other funny thing. If you look at the constructors and that's something that, you know, it, this season, it, it, Mercedes is doing it with, you know, a couple of decent finishes. They've had some average finishes, some, but they're, but it's, they're not, they're not, I mean, Russell made a bad mistake, finished out of the points this week. They're not having, they're not, they're, they're finishing most races. And yeah. that is, and they're, they're just consistent enough that they're sticking around. Yeah. And when you say finishing, they're finishing both in the points usually. Right. Yeah. And then that's what I should have said. Yeah. They're finishing but, in the points and, and you know, all closer things, to the top, all things considered though. So the driver standings, Max is at three thirty nine, Checo 201, Alonzo 168, Hamilton 156, Science at 102, Leclerc and Giros both at 99, Norris at 75. And then your boy Lance Stroll at 47. So Gasly is 10 points behind Lance Stroll. I really hope, I really hope Gasly passes him and even Esteban Ocon and knocks Stroll out of the top 10. I think Oscar Piastri ends up with more points than Lance Stroll at the end of the season. Well, he's got 36, so he he could. It's very, yeah, it's very possible. I think, and, and just, you know, whatever McLaren has managed to do, whether or not they've, you know, they're just, cheating legally or or found a loophole that hasn't been caught yet i don't know but that's the other thing the funny thing you know we were talking about the constructors championship is mclaren started off the season terribly yeah and here they are with 111 points sitting in fifth and i mean if i were you know if i were to put money down on it 
they, I would say with the amount of races left, there's a good chance they pass Ferrari when it comes to, to points at the end of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. They've, they've really come on strong here in the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, Man, that's, and that's part of formula one where you see guys, we see development of the car throughout the year. Um, I don't know that, you know, really Red Bull needs to develop anymore in their car. And I don't think they are. Unfortunately, that's, I don't think they need to develop the their car for the next three years. This car is so fast. It's, it, it really is. I mean, this is a, it is, this is one of the, that's the one thing that I keep thinking about this year is we're watching a car that is a legend of the sport. Yeah. The, the thing that's helping me, it, you're exactly right. That's helping get me through the season is like, we're watching, like, we're going to watch documentaries on this car. Yeah, like it's, people will talk about good. this season for years to come. There was a car that Penske built one time in IndyCar, and I'm just comparing this. They call it the Beast, and it like lapped the field. It was oh, who drove that? Was that Allen's or Junior and um, Emerson Fittipaldi? Maybe um, I'll have to look that up because I don't remember. Uh, but that car was so good that it was just heads and shoulders above uh, any other car. Well, that's and, pretty much what we're looking at right now. Yeah. And, yeah, it was Fittipaldi and Alonso Jr. 90, 1994. And and we've seen this before in Ferrari with the McLaren, the, the Senna McLaren, uh, one of the Red Bulls in 2013 or 2011, I think. One of those years, I mean, legendary cars that don't come around – uh, Mercedes have had a number of them over the last, you know, over their their stretch of championships. Legendary cars don't come around every year, and that's the thing that I think, you know, hopefully next year you'll see something else. You'll see, you know, you'll see maybe be a little bit closer competition. I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I would hope so. Um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about with the uh, upcoming race this weekend? No, just excited to watch Monza. You know, Labor Day weekend coming up here in the States. Going to have a four-day weekend for me. I'm off on Friday going down hey, the lake. Yeah. So, you know, no, it's uh, going to be a fun weekend, though. It is. It is. Um, well, if we're not going to talk about racing anymore, we can talk a little nonsense, right? We, there's, I'm surprised it's taking us this long to get into nonsense. That's true. The so, reality is we are a nonsense podcast that occasionally talks about racing. You're exactly right. So with we talked about it earlier with me being sick for like almost 10 days now. I've had a lot of time to watch some movies and some programs on uh on TV here. So I watched two movies that I just want to kind of get my thoughts on. Okay. Um the first one I watched, I needed something when I was like really sick that was just like easy laughs, something that kind of picked me up, didn't need to think a lot about it. So I watched The Outlaws on Netflix. I'm gonna okay. go ahead and say this stupid movie, but I laughed the entire time. And for that, I, I like the movie. I mean, it's like a terrible movie, but I laughed the whole time. And it also throws a nod to uh, Pierce Brosnan as James Bond number five. So can't hate that. He's in the movie. Okay. I might give that a watch. And I, so I saw it if, on Netflix. If you need just ago, like a like... like a thoughtless one that you're going to laugh at, it's, it's pretty yeah. good. Because Adam Devine's in it, and he's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, Netflix needs like a category of like movies that you could watch and laugh while you're still looking at your phone and doing yes. other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a movie like that. So that that was it. Okay. It was it was entertaining, made me laugh. Um, it's not a good movie, but if you go into it thinking it's going to be like this, like well written, documented, blow you away movie, no, it, it just go into it knowing you're going to get some good cheap laughs and you, you'll be entertained. Right. It's like most of the Will Ferrell movies in the you know in the mid two thousands. Like you know, ultimately not great movies, but 
hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty terrible movies. Always get a good laugh. Um, the other one that I watched, uh, I know we talk a lot about the superhero movies, you know, off the podcast, but I watched the flash okay. and I'm like left more confused about that movie. It, it, it was, it was good. It, um, just the way they ended it, it, it was just like, all right, that the whole movie, like it, what we were trying to fix now, it, it didn't fix it. Like it, I don't know. It just confused me. So Did that's what I, it? that's, I have not. That's what I read about it though. Is it's kind of confusing. And here's the thing. Like, so I invested a lot of time in COVID and watching all the Marvel movies and I went into them thinking that they were, uh, I was like, oh, I'm never going to watch these. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into them. I went out of them thinking, "Holy crap!" I hope people appreciate how awesome the scale of what they did was because they were fantastic. Now I say that I have not delved into the DC movies. I know there's a lot of you know. I really haven't watched any of those movies, honestly. Other well, than I, I've watched obviously like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Those three were some of the better super, some of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. The Dark Knight is is up there with any of for me. If you're gonna watch the DC movies, if you watch Justice League, the movie, just watch the director's cut, but you need to set aside like four hours. It's it's really good though. And then if you watch that and then go back and watch what they put in theaters, you're like I, it's crap what they put in theaters. It ruined what they put out ruined the movie. I'm so glad they released that director's cut because it's way better. Um the other, thing, the other thing about this movie that I will say that I really enjoyed was you get a lot of Michael Keaton Batman in it. Um, it, it so I really did enjoy that. It's not a spoiler alert. It was in the previews, but it just right. how much you get is great. They also bring back for uh, a minute uh, George Clooney's Batman. You know, we've talked a lot about Batman and Robin, so he so is in there for a minute. Bad. And then there, so is, there is a um, there is just like it. This actually made me laugh. There's a spot in the movie and I don't want to give it away, but they throw a a Nicolas Cage as Superman reference in. And uh, that caught me off guard, made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> it's like in it for five seconds. It really has no yeah. bearing on the movie, but it was, it caught me off guard. It was pretty funny. So I watched, um, you know, last week on the podcast, we were talking about Sisu. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mike texted us uh, about that. He said it was great. He did. He did. I watched it. So yeah. I bought it on Apple TV because I was like, you know what? And, and I watched it and I watched it again the next day because it was that, it's just like it, it is so I'm trying to think of how to describe it without like it's so it's just such a simple movie i mean it's really not but it is just like the it's just fun to watch like it's just there's so much that there's it's just carnage and it's gory i mean it's gory but it's 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 like the first time I saw John Wick. If John Wick were also much gorier, okay, I'll I'll have to check it out. I have had that on my list. I actually keep a list on my phone of like movies and shows I want to watch, and that is it's been on there for a while. Yeah, um, trying to think of what else I've watched. Um, I started watching Ahsoka, the Star Wars show on. Uh, oh Disney yeah, Plus. I want to. I want. I need to start that. Yeah. I was not impressed. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll push that one back episode the, yeah. in. And I was, it, it's, you know, just kind of a, it's, it's really cool because like, so I was for a while, I was, I was a big star Wars nerd. And right after, so this is going to go into the weeds a little bit, but before like any of the 
sequel movies were even talked about there was a book series called the thrawn trilogy not spoiling anything they literally talk about admiral thrawn right at the very beginning and for me that was always like the best way of like like i remember reading them like in high school and you know it was like it it just basically picks up right where the, the return of the jedi ends with this whole other character and introduces him and he's an awesome like bad guy and he's it's super cool but they're like trying to bring him back into the story and i like I'll find a way to work him in because they know that everybody hates the sequels because they were garbage so i and i feel like it's all just kind of forced and it's all kind of yeah too much but i also think that um she was in a, an episode or two of the mandalorian and i think yeah she was in she, book of boba fett yeah yeah or yeah that's what it was so no she was i think she was in book of she was in the book of boba fett she, well, i know she was in book of boba fett she might have also been in the Mandalorian. she was in mandalorian that's when he gets his uh his spear but anyway um there's very popular episodes and they were very good episodes so i think that, was, that had so much popularity behind it that's why they gave her a spinoff show which also if the clone wars cartoon her character was very well received there so it just kind of made sense but maybe i'll maybe it'll pick up so i i yeah i tried to watch the clone wars cartoons it's goofy because they're all out of order and like i had to find an order to watch them in but her character at the very beginning sort of of the clone wars was very um like teenager you know sort of like a child an annoying kid but no she was i don't know maybe i'll give you know i'll give it a couple more episodes see what happens but i was not uh not impressed with the first one i'm trying to think if there's anything else did we ever talk about oppenheimer on here did, it, did we ever talk about oppenheimer i don't think we did no um i think we talked about you going to watch it i don't think we ever recapped it though or talked yeah about it. i don't think we did either Oppenheimer was one of the best movies I've ever seen. I mean, I'm talking like, like for me, like some of the best movies I've ever seen. Like, and I'm talking The Godfather's, Charlie Chaplin's Sha- first movie, Sha- <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. I mean, we're talking, you know, like like a me. Oh yeah, we got to work one or two in. It, it, that's you know? the first one. It's taken this right. long to get nonsense and, I know. Uh, and an old man joke, but. I think Oppenheimer for me is up there with like all of those movies. It is that good. It so you was. Think, you think it was better or worse than the Fast and the Furious? <laughs> <laughs> I know I caught you off guard with that one. <laughs> which which one? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh man, um, no, it's definitely a different type of movie. You know what I mean? It's did, three hours of guys did Oppenheim- talking in rooms. Did Oppenheimer pick up a car with one hand to to block bullets? No, but he Dom Dom Toretto did so. Oh, Jesus, no, but he built the atomic bomb, and I'm sure Dom Toretto would probably like catch it and throw it back. He probably would, he'd try, and then it would well, he would tail slide that uh charger into it, and then it would land in a submarine, and that submarine would, would blow up and get shot into space. And in space, it would turn into an asteroid, and Bruce Willis would have to drill that asteroid and blow it up. And ultimately, he would he would give his life for our kind of, for our for the for the world. I love what you did there. I watched that. That's that's honestly, I, if the if the people, yeah, the Fast and Furious people listen, like that's it. We got that's an the eleventh one. That's eleventh one. We're, yeah, we're bringing Bruce Willis in. Yeah. Speaking of random things and movies, you know, one of our favorite movies we talk about a lot is Rush. Today is James Hunt's birthday. It is. Hey, um, before we get going on to anything else, 
what else happened at the IndyCar race? You were, we were kind of talking about it uh, a little bit. Oh man. Super fun. Yeah. Um, Got pit passes, got in, got to go into the pits and watch. Uh, It was really cool. We got, so because qualifying was rained out on Saturday, they did qualifying in the morning on Sunday and with the pit pass and with the pits, the paddock pass, we can go in with the garage and then the pit pass, we can actually walk into the pits. Um, I get to see, I mean, like you get to watch drivers as they're getting ready to get in their cars and qualify and you're standing, you know, just on the other side of the wall from them. Uh, super fun. Like it's, it's a really cool experience to be in there. Got a bunch of autographs, saw a bunch of drivers, saw some IndyCar, some racing legends, Ari Leyendike, Al Unser Jr. I mean, guys who are just absolute legends of the sport. Uh, was wondering if I would see Mario Andretti. I did not. I saw Michael several times with, you know, he's obviously he's there with his team. Um, but it, it was, but I was going to say, above all, you, you got to see a good race. I got to see a good race. The race was kind of, I will say this. So, one thing I will, I'm spoiled from the last few NASCAR races. I will never go to a race again without a scanner. Yeah. I didn't know that New Garden went into the wall in turn. Oh, four, yeah. Yeah. Late in the race. I didn't know. I was just watching him. And I'm watching like because he was it was it was kind of a weird situation where like Dixon had pitted and you you kind of like okay is it, it was really between like the race between Newgarden and Pato Award. And then I thought, well, okay, was you know, is Dixon gonna be able to stay out and hang out and, and win this race? Or Newgarden and Award had pitted a little bit later and they were on fresher tires and they were catching Dixon. I thought, okay, you know, and I'm just watching all of a sudden, here comes Dixon. And there's a ward. What happened to New Garden? And I had to look it up on my phone because I didn't know what happened. And it was yeah. just because I are where our seats were, like quarter sort of toward toward turn one. I wasn't up high enough to see like just the edge of turn four, so I couldn't see. That's and and I mean I will yeah I will never go without a scanner again. Was, well, you know when yeah. when he when he wrecked out, everyone kind of thought, all right, the championship's going to be over today. But then, in classic Scott Dixon fashion, that guy just like loves to come on strong at the end of the season and try to make a push for a championship because he gets the win and he's right back in the hunt now. Like, I mean, absolutely, man. It, it is going to be a really fun ending to the season. I'm really interested. He's going to be. The only thing is, can he do it over the course? I mean, they've got what three or four races left to well go. he He's just won he just won back-to-back races yeah he did he won back-to-back races but it's getting to the point where i think yeah, he's got to keep uh, he's got to win out and i think that um what's his name has to do not as well right that's the th- so there's two races left i think but i, I think, think there's two races left. i think with new garden wrecking out he can't win it now correct no no new garden pretty much is is done it's um no, so yeah, so they're in Portland this weekend, and then Monterey September tenth, and that Monterey is the end of the season. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know what? Let's let's. Well, I guess Newgarden not might, an IndyCar podcast, but not an IndyCar podcast. Um, Dixon's still seventy four points behind. I mean, it's going to take basically if Polo can manage to finish, uh, middle of the pack, I think in Portland, I think he wraps it up. But yeah. if he if if an accident comes, it's wide open. I mean, Dixon could really close that gap up going into the last week of the season. Which would be exciting. We've seen IndyCar end a couple times in recent history going into the last race that that determines the race. And that just happens organically. That's not 
you know, with any sort of rules with like a playoff or anything like that, like NASCAR does. Um, I mean, it's just, goes to show the, the competitive side and, and how close all the teams are in IndyCar. Right. It typically does, honestly, it typically does go down the last race of the season. I don't remember an IndyCar season that was wrapped up like this in a while. I'm trying to remember. I feel like New Garden in 19 or 20, maybe. New Garden did it recently. And then during, one, Will, of the pa- during one of the pandemic years, I think it ended early. I think Will Power may have gotten one. Yeah. But that, I think uh, he's more, yeah. That might maybe willpower's first. I don't remember. Well, you know, when he when he has the willpower to win a championship, yeah. he does it. Yeah, so he shows that willpower. He really can. He really can get it done. Uh, yeah, but I will say this, man. I recommend everybody. Had a couple ran into a couple of my buddies. They went kind of last minute. Um, they're already talking about trying to get to together to go to Indy next year for the five hundred because I think that would be an, an epic experience. I just love. I, I mean, I just love being around. I, I, I went to a NASCAR race this year. I went to our cup race this year. I went to an IndyCar race. I'll say this. IndyCar does not throw cautions. Newgarden hit the wall. Yeah. No Next caution. Press on. Keep going. No cautions. And I, and, and part of me loves that. Cause that's racing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he didn't hit the wall so hard that he created had a giant wreck or created any sort of debris. Yeah. He said, what really happened is he got out of the groove and he got up into the into the uh, marbles, the the bits of tire that have come off, and he and he just he went into the wall. That was that was really all that happened. And because of that, he he just you know he, he brushes the wall, breaks some suspension, he's out of the race, but he's able to get the car back to pit lane. Sure. And yeah, they don't need a caution for that. They, and I like that. I mean, NASCAR is so known for, oh, there's a piece of paper on the track. Better throw a caution late to get some drama in here, you know? Yeah. And one thing that I do like about IndyCar, too, they do a really good job of, and it's not to say that NASCAR doesn't, but um, there was a caution in uh, the IndyCar race, and they came back around. Everyone thought it was going to be green. The pack was too far spread yep. out, and they're like, last minute, nope, we're going to do one more. Everyone get closer together to ensure yeah. that it was like a – a good start and it didn't just like turn into a cluster and, and have another caution. Like they made sure that the, the pack looked good to where we could get a good clean restart. And there was right. not a caution after that. Like a good racing. No, no. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, I'm not missing an IndyCar race here again. This is going to be, you know, there's this so is, much fun. This is the first time I think I've missed one and I'm pretty yeah. disappointed. Yeah. We'll have to get together for sure. And go next year. Yeah. Cause they're fun, man. They're a lot of fun. I think it'd be fun to go to uh, Nashville, maybe, and see that race, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well. Right. That's really all I had this week. Yeah, that's all I have, man. You're going to the lake this weekend, right? Going to the lake. Um, I'm going to Table Rock. I assume you're going to the Ozarks. I'm going to the Ozarks, yeah. Leave all right. Friday we'll, morning. we'll be safe. You um, too, buddy. Yeah, be safe. Hope the family's well. Uh, hope you get to feeling better, man. I I'm I think I'm I'm getting there. It's just uh taking longer than I wanted to. But for all our listeners uh in the states, have a good Labor Day. Be safe. Um, nice little conclusion of the summer for everybody else. Have a nice uh, first weekend in September. Yep. For everybody else, go back to work. <laughs> don't celebrate Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. Don't celebrate Labor Day. All right. See all right. you.